episode 12 of the thermometer it is tuesday september 19th 2023 we've got a good episode planned for you guys today we're gonna start with shohei otani so well first of all let's do a little let's do a little weekend recap here let's do a little weekend recap so uh any big games any big takes that you have from the nfl following week two we didn't talk about it after week one how are we feeling about the Minnesota Vikings? How the Vikings are, we- are very good team, actually. They've just got unlucky. Every single time they fumble, the other team has got it. And they've fumbled, I think, Every seven time they times. <laughs> okay. They've rec- like, well, first of all, they need better ball security. So Well, I think in total, in the games they've played, there's been nine fumbles from both teams, and they have recovered none of them. So wow, I think that's that going mean- to stop happening. Their offense is incredible. No, like... This is like kind of like my take about the NFL is that teams like the Vikings should just never run the ball. Like there's no reason to. Like their receiving core is insane. They have a good quarterback. They should just sit there and just pass it over and over again. They have like if you look at like like almost pass the setup. If you look at like pass efficiency, they're like the best passing team in the league. Like Jordan Addison's obviously good. They have TJ Hawkinson. Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson is like the best receiver in the league by far. His he's open like every play unless they double team him. I like the thing that makes Justin Jefferson special is his route running ability. If you like watch, like shout out the QB school on YouTube. Like yes. watch Kirk Cousins watch videos the and the QB they'll talk about Justin Jefferson. And the thing he says is when he makes cuts in his route, it's like he's, he doesn't even stop running, but he yet he changes direction super fast. Yeah. And that's what makes him so elite. So, yeah. I mean, I still think the Vikings are going to win the NFC. North. So you have, you have Justin Jefferson over Tyreek Hill. Yeah. It's not even close. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not. This isn't a football show, so we're not going to debate about it. But uh, let's move on. Um, so we're going to start with. There was a. Report Can I say one more thing? We, yeah, go ahead. Sure. Justin Jefferson has not abused his kids and or wife in the past. Okay. So yeah, yeah, in the past. Hopefully that, he that, that pushes him over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. So he's a good person too. That's good. Um, okay. So there was a report that came out. I believe it was four or five days ago that. Shohei Otani has, quote, cleared out his locker in the Angels clubhouse. And apparently, so he's done for the year. I mean, there's no reason not to shut him down, in my opinion, if he's having issues. He has a, so he, like, the official report was that it was an oblique issue, and that's why he's out. But we know that he can't pitch because of um, his partially torn UCL. Is that correct? I believe so. So this this there's a whole lot of different aspects that we can kind of dissect with this. First of all, like what I've never heard of, of a report that comes out like this, like that he cleared out his locker. Like my f- initial reaction is, well, is that common? Like do players when they're injured and there's uh, there's only a little bit of time left in the year, like Tristan Costas, for example, is done for the year. Um, like, do they typically clear out their locker? I mean, but I think he's going to be... weird vernacular. I don't, I don't really yeah. understand it. Well, and there's the whole thing, like a fake tweet went viral about like him being back in Japan when he really wasn't. Like it was like an old video. So yeah. I, I, I mean, it's kind of a mess. It kind of seems like he's not going to be back with the Angels, which makes sense. I don't blame him. 
for yeah. not wanting to be part of no matter how unlucky people say they are with injuries i mean they just are still seem like a poorly run franchise yeah and also like my next thing that i wanted to bring up about Shoei is like can can we make a decision a little bit faster whether he's getting tommy john or not like you go to a certain amount of doctors i know you probably want multiple different doctors coming in and giving their inputs on what he should do but it's been probably like over two weeks and we don't have like confirmation whether he's getting tommy john or not this can be like the difference between him coming back in the playoffs next year or not yeah so, like there needs there, there needs like they need to start like get the wheels turning a little bit and make a decision now because if the season ends and then it's like oh he's getting tommy john or a month after the season ends oh he's getting tommy john well now he's not going to be back like if they end up making the playoffs next year he's not going to be back and that's just like that's just poor management i I think i think one thing is that he might want to have somebody in japan look at it because like I think Japanese pitchers tend not to get Tommy John as much and they like just try to rehab through partially torn UCLs where they try to pitch through them and like change their mechanics to compensate. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird. And I would think, I would think he would have the surgery though, probably. And that would probably put him out. I think what would end up happening is if he like had the surgery now, he probably wouldn't be able to pitch all of next year, but he'd probably still be able to like, hit maybe at the end of next year yeah. but that i mean probably not until september so then he couldn't hit in the playoffs then too so does he just sit out a year and not even get a contract like is that a thing yeah. or is somebody some team gonna sign him knowing that he's not gonna be available pretty much for the first year yeah i was curious about that too but also like going from like kind of staying on the angels a report from jeff fletcher on twitter that's who I grabbed it from. Um, he came out with a report on September 15th. So this is four days ago. Anthony Rendon just said he had a fractured tibia this whole time. He just found out about it, that it was fractured a few weeks ago. He doesn't know why the Angels didn't announce that. So, okay. If I don't care if like, I don't really understand the report necessarily because I don't understand if he's saying that the angels knew and he knew and he didn't report it or the angels knew and they weren't telling him because if they weren't telling him then that is a massive issue i mean i I don't think think that's the case i think think what it's saying is that the problem is is the angels didn't officially announce it it. and obviously rendon doesn't like talking to the media so yeah he's kind of like why do i have to tell the media it's it's the angels job yeah it's but i don't know like you, I mean, you have to be frustrated as an Angels fan too. It seems like Anthony like, Rendon is just super disinterested in baseball, but yeah. And like, did you see like the thing that he, like, he just he consistently just like disses reporters. Like, he doesn't want to have anything to do with them, which is kind of a sign of like, I don't, I, mean, I don't want to be here right now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the Angels are a mess right now. They do have I feel the like MVP this year, though. They do have the MVP. I mean, I just he, think a lot of people are saying that, oh, Corey Seager should be the MVP and whatever. But, I mean, if you look at War, I mean, obviously War isn't the be-all, end-all. And there can be some amount of error within it. But Otani has four and a half more War than Seager. 
based on Fangraph's runs allowed per nine war, which is what I like to use for awards and such instead of the normal F4 based on FIP. But it's like yeah. people are talking about Corey Seager, but like Corey Seager is the level with other guys like Garrett Cole and Julio Rodriguez. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's still clear that Otani is going to be the MVP, but yeah. All right. So we had a couple internet issues. We're back now, but just continuing on, I just think it sets a good precedent that Otani's winning the MVP, even though his team's not that good. And I think that's how it should be crediting individual players. So moving on from that, we can talk about Adam Wayne right now, finally getting his 200th win. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, first of all, I just wanted to like we shouldn't really bring up this year because this year has been an absolute disaster for Adam Wainwright. Like he shouldn't be pitching. Like if they were in a playoff race right now, he would, in my opinion, there's, I, he would not be in a rotation. I mean, he's part um, of the reason they're not in the playoff race, but yeah, for sure. For sure. He's been awful. Um, but like kind of looking back at his career, he hasn't been like really great in a while, but like over his career, he has a 3.53 ERA. Like that's, that's a good ERA for, um, playing as long as he did and like these this year especially probably blew it up a little bit um he has three Cy Young finishes or three three Cy Young top three finishes which is solid 47 career B war before this year which is now at 44.9 because it went down um he also has a 2.83 postseason ERA which helped the Cardinals win the World Series in 2006 and also I wanted to bring up that he kind of raked like he had a silver slugger in 2017 with a 731 OPS and he has 10 career homers, which I think is like first among active players. Only I think that Madison Bumgarner had it, but since he's not playing for a team right now, it's Adam Wainwright. And he also like, if you didn't know this, I don't know why you didn't know it. I didn't know it either, by the way, but he had a home run in his first career pitch that he faced. So that's pretty up, cool. Kind of raked. Yeah. Um, but congrats to Adam Wainwright. Got his 200th win. I feel like we were all kind of rooting for him. Like, when anyone gets to that level and they haven't like beat up their wife or their kid, you just have to be proud for them. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a, if I was like, I'm no, I'm not like a fan of Adam Wainwright before. Like, Oh, I had nothing against him, but yeah, it's just kind of been sad to watch him pitch this year. And seems like he's more focused on his own, his music rather than his career. He has a music career. I didn't. Yeah. He's like performing like in a, post-game concert i think after a game a good for him good <laughs> and for did, you, Adam Wainwright. did you see him sing the national anthem before a game too no how have you not seen this maybe i have i i feel like i maybe remember seeing a clip of him singing the national anthem but i don't i need to be like more ingrained in my memory yeah yeah so he's a talented guy he pitches he rakes so he's basically shohei otani and he has like a voice of an angel as well. So congrats to Adam Wainwright. Um, he was probably really successful in high school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so on Saturday, ahead, yeah. on Saturday, September 30th, I believe he will host his post game concert, a company, and he will debut three new songs from his upcoming album during the concert. Wow. Congratulations. He needs to get in the pitching lab, but it's fine. Yeah. It's fun. It's one of those things where it was like, um, I remember, I think it was during the playoffs one year when D-Book was like streaming 
CSGO <laughs> like on Twitch and everyone's like, this dude doesn't practice enough. This dude needs to get back into dude, the or, or like, like the athletes the, have lives, everyone. Dude, athletes or that like lives. the Kyler Murray game, like that yes, was like the most yes. overused meme ever where he, he yes. was like the new Call of Duty's dropped. Don't start Kyler Murray in fantasy. This no, week. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like this whole research thing that someone proposed that was like when call when a new Call of Duty drops the week like the week after Kyler Murray always plays worse. Which is like Kinda. even if that is true, correlation doesn't prove causation. It could just be a coincidence. Yeah. So also also kind of going off that like off coincidences. If you haven't watched like the foolish baseball video on Andrew McCutcheon and furries please go watch it it is like it's i thought i just had a really good time watching it. i think there might be two separate videos but go on youtube look at foolish baseball andrew mccutcheon and furries it's great it's great um let's move on uh carlos correa we wanted to wait are, do we want to talk about if we think he gets in the hall of fame adam wainwright adam wainwright i think i don't know not. enough about i don't know i don't know enough about like hall of fame qualifications He's pretty far below a lot of the average metrics. His seven-year peaks below, and even though he he had the longevity, I would say he's still not really Hall of Fame quality. But yeah. I think it's just weird because players who are well liked like him tend to have an easier time voting than not well liked players, which I think is absolutely despicable, honestly, by the media because the media are the ones who vote for it. But I think a lot of what goes into their voting is how well the players treated the media, which I think is horrible. But so you said that you said that like we were talking about this earlier, but you kind of said that he has had a similar career to like a Roy Holiday. That's the I mean, no, I, I mean, just looking on baseball reference, that's like the picture they compared him to. But I mean, yeah. I think Roy Holiday was much better than he was. I mean, I think his career war is almost 20 points higher. So. Yeah, that's a big difference for sure. Yeah, but I, I mean, I just, I just definitely see him having a chance just because he's a well liked guy, which I think is stupid. But that's what the Baseball Writers Association of America does. Whatever. So, yeah. All right, let's talk about Carlos Correa now. Um, so there was a report that came out yesterday night after the Twins and Reds game because. So Carlos Correa said he felt it. This is from Do Hyung Park on Twitter. He's one of our guys. He's a beat writer for the Minnesota Twins. He's really good at what he does. Give him a follow on Twitter. Um, he said that he felt a tweak in his heel when he stopped on a pop fly, and it was very painful. Um, Correa said, I'm going to keep pushing through this. It's not going to get any better. I'm not going to get any better. I'm not going to move any better. Maybe some rest. This is the weirdest part to me. Maybe some rest and just show up and play main, meaningful games will probably be best. But at the same time, we haven't clinched yet. Uh, we don't have a spot in the postseason just yet cemented. We have to figure out a way to get that done so we can make those decisions. In my opinion, like right now, what's the Twins' chances to win the division? Probably 98%. 99%. No, it's like 99.9. Okay. If the so, Twins played, if basically if the Twins played 500 baseball the rest of the way, the rest of the way, and the Guardians won the rest of their games, the Twins would still win the division. So, and like the value that Correa has been providing isn't very beneficial, like overall this year. 
I mean, he's like providing solid defense, but we know his bat hasn't been there. So why don't why don't they just sit him down? Like literally say, take these next couple of weeks before the postseason and just relax and be as like, healthy as possible. Rehab. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Like that's poor. That's poor managing in my decision or in in my opinion because it's like if he's hurt. Why is he pushing through it right now? Like, what does he add? A 0.02% chance to make the playoffs at this point? Yeah, I mean, I definitely definitely don't think it matters. But one thing to think about is, do they want him starting game one in the playoffs, having not taken a big league at bat for two weeks? Yeah, that's kind of been like the issue in the past. And they've talked about that with teams too. Like, often teams who get the buy and don't have to play a wild card around can sometimes suffer, especially with their bats. So I don't know, maybe you just like sit him down for a week and a half. I mean, with the 28, the last series of the week, last series of the year. Um, I mean, with... it's like, if he's hurt right now, then why is he playing? Yeah. But that's the end of the, that's the end of the story. Yeah. Like, well, he's, he's not in the lineup again today. I just looked, so they're definitely giving him some rest and, Good. It's not. I mean, they could just play it day by day, and they don't really need to put them on the injured list because of these expanded rosters. Like, there's yeah, 27 guys. It's plenty. He can just sit on the bench and take up a roster spot, and it won't really affect yeah. anything. And they can um, run out Kyle Farmer every day, and or Willie Castro at shortstop, and they'll be yeah. fine. That's what I was thinking too. Um, like I think that they're they'll be fine either way. Like their lineup doesn't get a whole lot if you have a. If you have a um, Kyle Farmer, Willie Castro platoon at shortstop, or you like try to mix Royce in at short or whatever it is, but if those three are playing the left side of the infield, then it's like you're not losing that much value. I think you're losing a little bit of leadership, but I think it's it's a mature thing to do as Carlos Correa to say instead of like Walker Bueller kind of talks about it in a good way. Like if he's not providing value to the team. Like, he needs to earn his spot back on the roster before the postseason. I think that Carlos Correa needs a similar outlook. It can't just be like, I'm going to push through this. I'm going to, like, I'm going to keep working through this pain until I can finally, I can finally, like, play again. Or, like, keep keep supporting my team. It's like, dude, you can support your team in different ways while you're rehabbing. Like, you shouldn't be playing hurt. And he's not playing well while he's hurt. Like, he's a he's probably a 75%, 80% Carlos Correa right now. So it just is not beneficial to have him like in the lineup if he's not feeling it. I mean, yeah, I think he still plays in the playoffs, but I think definitely yeah, I, I think he is will, the right thing. It's different in the postseason. I think it's yeah. totally different in the postseason. But um, but in the regular season, in this home stretch where they've they like kind of padded their division lead, ninety nine point nine percent chance to make the playoffs right now on ESPN. Let so me look on Fangraphs. Go ahead. We don't look at um, ESPN. <clears throat> That's the same on ESPN, or it's the same on Fangraphs, 99.9%. Yeah. So it's like, I I don't understand it. I don't. I mean, I think they are going to rust him. And I don't think they knew he was, because I think they re, he re-aggravated it on that play, and they took him out right away. So we don't really know what their plan is, is, but he's definitely going to be a discussion. It's got to be a discussion, like, in the after the season's over, too, is like, what is this? Do we need surgery? Like, I don't. I know. No, I think plantar. I'm. I'm not. How do you pronounce? Fasciitis. Yeah, that. 
it's um it just goes away but you need to rest for like three months straight or something like that which obviously he doesn't want to do at all but he can do that during the off season so i think it, it will go away during the off season it's just he would have to sit out this was, this, a, a lengthy amount a of time but this was a, a discussion when like they were he was figuring out where he was going to sign so why wasn't he no 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 it's not it's not related to his ankle at all it's completely different oh so like this is it's not no it's not aggravated at the beginning of the season yeah like during the season it has nothing to do it has nothing to do with his ankle and it has nothing to do though why he didn't his ankle and this is his heel right yeah why he didn't Uh, sign with the mets and the giants was because of like a previous surgery he had when he was still in the minors on like his ankle so this has nothing to do with it okay that's good and like team doctors said back in like back this summer when it first popped up it has nothing to do with okay the ankle so that's a good sign yeah um but either way i feel like we can both agree like the next especially like just like a week like the next week of baseball although like you want to make sure that like your team is feeling good going into the postseason like i understand like we mentioned that at the beginning of last last episode i was like you want this is the time in baseball when like we saw it with like the phillies last year like you want to get hot right now this is when you want to like start like having all your guys play really confidently and if you take away your um six figure shortstop it's or what is it what am i thinking nine figure shortstop it's like six well what am i saying not six figures no nine is correct nine figures nine figures okay that's what i thought uh if you take away like your nine figure shortstop then like i think that they kind of send like a like send a little sense of questioning through the clubhouse but i still think it's worth it like have him be in the locker room. Have him travel with the team, I even think. I wonder how aware, like, the players are that they've pretty much clinched. I mean, so, it would have to be, like, yeah. one of the worst breakdowns in Major League Baseball history. Yeah. And the Guardians and aren't also, very good, so. So, like, the, they like, come back on the 22nd of September, and they have two home series against the Angels and the Athletics. Yeah. And, like... There's no reason he should be playing for those series, in my opinion. Um, so the Guardians have 11 games left? Yeah. So they'd have to win... They'd have to go 6-5, and five, and they still have to play Baltimore, Cincinnati, Detroit, Kansas City, so not that difficult. But then the twi- if the Twins lose out, the Twins would have to lose out, and the Guardians would have to win, like have a winning record for them to make the playoffs so I mean, it's just it's clinched out. it doesn't matter yeah, i definitely agree and, he should be rested like, I said, like it's not that much it's not that much value so well yeah but the values are no, no one's gonna look back work. so say this miraculous effort by the guardians comes back like no one's gonna look at <laughs> look back at it and say oh my god like we should have played carlos correa for those five games while he was like well he had a wrc plus of what is it? Probably a hundred. He's not gonna play good when he's hurt either. So exactly. It, uh, yeah. All right. So we let him rest. Let's move on. Yeah. Um. Looking at the wild card standings right now, we're just gonna do like a quick update so everyone's aware of what's going on. Um. I'm pulling them up. Yeah. So there's basically in the American League, there's two spots. The Rays are the top. They're nine and nine. They're like 
10 games. They they're going to be in the they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. So there's two spots left for the Mariners, Rangers and Blue Jays. The Mariners are one game ahead of both the Rangers and the Mariners. The Blue Jays are one game ahead of the Rangers and Mariners. So Yeah. I mean, I just look at this and it's like one team is going to be really disappointed that they didn't make the playoffs and it's just crazy to think now like to think that the Texas Rangers with how insane they started the season so well and now they might not even make the playoffs yeah it's like crazy to think about and the mariners started the season so poorly and now they're like yeah I like mean, they literally have reverse seasons it's really crazy and i definitely think the mariners are better than they're better suited than the rangers just because their strength and starting pitching and the rangers have had a couple injuries and i mean i just think it was really obvious at the beginning of the season that Ezekiel Duran and Leody Tavares weren't going to have 815 OPSs. Yeah. Like that yeah. was just never going to happen. It was, it's going to happen that one year. Like uh, Josh Young went down. Like somebody was going to get hurt. Corey Seager has still been amazing, but Eovaldi hasn't come back yet. And a lot of the numbers claim that his ERA is way better than it really should be. So, yeah. Um, I agree. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's Seattle's to lose at this point with the state that the Texas Rangers have been in. We talked about them a lot last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago, but they've lost four straight. Um, well, the Mariners are also three this and is, seven in their dude, last. Dude, this is so crazy. Kind of cold, but... This is crazy. There's still the Rangers and Seattle. Guess how many games they still have to play between each other? Probably, I bet, because there's probably like what, they probably each have like 15 games left or so. No, they both, 12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. The Rangers have 12 games left. I bet, I mean, I feel like I've seen this before, so they probably play like what, seven games? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I just, that's going to be so sweet. And the last, the last, the last the four, it's a four game series is the last series of the oh, year for both teams. That's going to be butter. I know, really. it's going to be crazy. Yeah, um, let's go to National League, and then we'll finish up with our NL Cy Young. Trying to go over that NL Cy Young. Yeah, so um, I mean, the Padres have won five in a row. Oh my gosh, I would <laughs> love. Oh my gosh, if the Padres made the playoffs. That'd be the ultimate like thermometer fu to the world because we we just like have been we haven't talked about them in so long because they've been dead. But they're a good team. The, but they're such a they're a great team they're, they, a great, they're the best 73 and 78 team i've ever seen they hit well pitch well and field well but yet they don't win and games they're not good <laughs> it's so crazy dude um, um but actually so right now in terms of wild card we've got uh so we've got the phillies by far Actually, not even. I mean, the, I mean, the Phillies have pretty much put it away. I mean, I would say the Pitts, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna be. A it's not worth. Card. It's not really worth discussing much about them because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're gonna have to blow it big time to not make the wild. And card. then there's four teams instead of because there's three kind of in the Nash or three kind of in the American League. I'd say there's four, maybe five teams that could fill the last two spots in the wild card. That is Arizona, which is at the top. You've got Chicago and Cincinnati, which are both a half game behind. You've got Miami, which is a half game behind those two. And then you have San Francisco, who's kind of lacking right now. They are what? Um, two games. Two and a half. They're only two and a half behind. Two. Just two. They're 20 games behind 
Are you sure? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking. They're two games behind the wild card right now. They're 20 and a half back at the Diamondbacks. Oh yeah, behind the wild card. Yeah, I was saying behind the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, the Padres are five and a half back, and the Mets are eight eight back. So, um, I think the Mets. Uh, I think personally, so I think it'll go Philly. Philly will be the top, and then. I mean, it's pretty impossible to predict. Like, whoever you think is the better team still could just go on a losing streak and not make the playoffs. Exactly. I mean, if you just look at the run differential, none of these, like, the real answer for who are the best teams that should be in these final two spots is the Cubs and the Padres. But, yeah. I mean, that's probably not going to I just think, like, the Cubs are a good team. It gets to the point in the year where, like, this podcast is, like, actually, like, it's, it's, like, really, like, in terms of like teams getting hot and cold, this is when it's the most important because like there can be a lot of different projected stuff, but when you're looking like at a two week sample size, it's not gonna matter a whole lot. Yeah. Like, I mean it, it will, but it's like I'm so more of variance. the I'm more of the thought process that a two week sample size is like rolling dice, but literally, yeah. I mean So you can't you can't really predict it, but in my I think I think that the like I think that it's going to be the Marlins. I think that they're going to sneak into the last spot. I think it's going to go Phillies. Oh, man, it is so hard. I would say Phillies, Cubs, Marlins. I would agree, but I'm not confident in it. I don't – I wanted to see the Reds in the playoffs. I mean, I just think with Matt I don't Matt know McC- if I want to see them anymore. Matt McClain's like, down and Nick Lodolo's down still, yeah. so – so like I don't know if I even want to. I'd rather see low key. I'd rather see like the Luis Arias Jake Berger lineup with Jesus Lazardo on the mound in the playoffs because they have like they have a chance to like make some like if they play the uh, the Brewers, I think that that would be like a like an interesting because they're kind of both like starting pitchy starting pitching heavy teams. So I think that that'd be a really like interesting series to watch. So I hope like the Marlins sneak into the last spot. Um, I also think like the Cubs could do something, but I mean, I just think the National League in terms of like the bottom, I think is just way weaker because, I mean, I think you talk about all these teams: the Diamondbacks, Cubs, Reds, Marlins, Giants. Like those are sort of the five teams really in contention. I mean, I think they get smoked by the Rangers and the Mariners. Yeah, like the Ranger and the Rangers and Mariners. Not only do they have better records, they're just way more complete teams. In terms yeah. of, they have pitching, they have some stars on their team. Where like, I mean, like the Reds. You think about it, their lineup's not that good. It's like pretty average, maybe slightly above average. Their starting pitching's a disaster. Yeah, and their bullpen is just okay. So it's kind they're of crazy almost, to think these leagues are kind of both, contention. In my opinion, they're mirror. They're kind of mirror images of each other because you have, like, I think that like the division winners in the American league are not a huge threat. Like in terms of like how, how much of a threat they should be. I don't think that they're as good as like, like being a division winner shows. I'm not, I mean, I'm do you want to like, here, let's just I'm rank the division the winners. AL wildcard teams. Let's just, um, I mean, let's just rank the division winners. Like I think Braves probably Braves, Braves no. Dodgers, Braves, Dodge. I would probably say Braves, Dodgers, Braves, Dodgers, Rays. Astros. Or no, Rays aren't even winning it. Yeah, Braves, Dodgers, 
Astros, Twins, Orioles, Brewers. Twins. So you have the Twins above the Orioles? Yeah. Dude, the Orioles have no starting pitching. Yeah, but Grayson Rodriguez is electric. I mean, he's pretty good, but it's just... And their bullpen's, like, not amazing right now. And there's... I mean, I just don't really believe... I, I say this... I swear I say this every episode. But, like, are you running Kyle Gibson out in a playoff game? Are you running? Like, I don't really think Grayson Rodriguez and Kyle Bradish are as good as Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray. Yeah, I agree. Like, with a, with, yeah. And, and also, like, sneaky, the Twins have, like, 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 everyone's like, all oh, the Twins can't hit this year. But, like, they've been good. Like, in terms of the second half. Yeah. And, like, especially, like, recently, like, past 30 days or so. Well, like, and, I mean, I think one thing, if you're talking about a series between the Orioles and Twins, they have a lot of right-handed pitching. Like the lefties, probably John Means, Danny Colombe are like the only significant yeah. lefties. And here, if I just like pull up a quick search on Fangraphs, like so versus left-handed pitching, you find a team stats or versus right-handed pitching is what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Uh, so well, here let's just look at the twins overall WRC plus is 106 so that is only one point lower than the Orioles and yeah, the see, twins like obviously have better pitching, pitching so better yeah and if and if Felix Bautista was pitching I would feel like oh that kind of like that kind of sets them apart a little bit they have like they have these two dogs in the back end yeah and and, and now it's I, like and what I, I don't know what I would say is that like so, like both these teams are just filled with right-handed pitching with very few lefties. Twins yeah. have a 109 WRC plus on the season versus lefties or versus right-handed pitching, and Baltimore yeah. has a 104. So, yeah. I mean, I just think I'm, the matchup is the better take. for the okay. Twins. It was it's it's effed up because it's like they've won 94 games. The Twins have won 79 in a worse in a worse division, but it's like okay, we see all these. Different like media outlets releasing, oh, the Orioles in one run games have like this crazy record, and then everyone responds, Well, their bullpen's so good. Well, if their bullpen isn't that good, they're losing a lot more games. It's just I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay, but anyways, I was saying like they're kind of a mirror image because I love the AL wildcard teams and I don't really like the National League wildcard teams at all. Then I love the NL division winners like atlanta la and then i don't really like the al division winners like compared to what you would normally think of a division winner exactly exactly um but yeah that's that's yeah it's gonna be really interesting to watch it's gonna be really interesting like like there's a lot of there's football starting up i know again but like this is the best time to watch baseball in my opinion late september going into october for sure for sure um, all right, let's talk about Blake Snell and Justin Steele really quick, and then we can be finished. So, I mean, I think a lot of people, like Justin Steele had that start, or I think he went eight shutout innings, I believe. Yep. And so that kind of vaulted him into the Cy Young conversation a little bit. But looking again at Fangraphs runs allowed per nine, or leaders, so not traditional F4, Snell is 6.3. This is nationally league only. Uh, Justin Steele 
has 4.6 and he's actually fourth in the national league behind logan webb and zach gallon so i mean i i definitely firmly believe blake snell's the mvp even though he's been crazy lucky he is like a 2.43 era on the season but a 3.86 xera so he's definitely had Um, some sequencing luck some batted ball luck all types of luck has have gone blake snell's way it's just like every other inning he's putting a free guy on with a walk so yeah but then the question becomes like do we do we care about like how like i know like writers are not going to really care about no yeah for awards i don't really care care about peripherals but yeah i just think a lot of people are gonna be thinking oh blake snell's gonna get this huge contract but it's very unsustainable and he doesn't really throw a lot of innings too because he walks so many people and he runs his pitch count up a ton. So, yeah. Um, so like remaining schedule for each of them, Blake Snell, he's got the Rockies tonight. I know it's the Rockies. Like they suck. However, I believe, I believe it's at Coors. Well, I, I mean, I'm Rockies, Hold on. We have Rockies, White Sox, maybe the White Sox, and then the Giants, and the Rockies. And okay, White Sox. it's at home. It's at home. Yeah, it's yeah. at home. So, no, Dude, can, they're not touching him then. The Rockies and White Sox are both not very good offenses, and the Giants are like notoriously bad against left handed pitching. So, yeah. So, those are the three teams that Blake Snell will face. Justin Steele will face the Pirates tomorrow. He should handle them well. He might face the Brewers later. However, next Monday, he is the probable pitcher against the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> So that could be the ultimate, like... Blake Snell just needs to crawl across the finish line here. I think he's... He literally just can't get blown up. He's got it pretty much wrapped up, like... I mean, I just think he's been the best pitcher in terms of results. He deserves it. Yeah. But I don't think he replicates anything really close to it next year. Yeah. I agree. Like, I think he's a good pitcher, but we saw, like... He's just so inconsistent, like in terms of you, you see his hot stretch that he's having right now, even though he's kind of getting lucky, but he fluctuates a lot in terms of like, for example, this year, 2.43 ERA last year, 3.3 year before 4.2 year before that 3.2 year before that 4.3. And it's like his walks are such a massive problem. Like you look at like last year versus this year in terms of peripherals, he was a better pitcher last year and it's not even, dude. it's the same exact thing with Garrett Cole. Like he's going to win the AL MVP, but he's having like some of the worst peripherals of his career and like in in recent memory, like he had the breakout, I believe 2017 or 2018. Like this is his worst peripheral since then, but he has, slightly lower era but there's not that in both leagues there's not like the standout pitching performance where it's like their peripherals are amazing and their era is amazing and they pitched a lot of innings so it's like a very easy decision and i think like in the future last year go ahead i I was just gonna say in the future i think we're gonna see somebody like spencer strider just have like a, a 2.2 ERA season, but he also has a 2.2 FIP season. So it's like, well, yeah. obviously it's him. Like, there's no question about for sure. who the Cy Young should be. And l- last year, Blake Snell walked three and a half per nine. This year, he's walking five. That's so crazy. And 
he's striking out like just barely slight like slightly less i don't know it's it's really what, what, look at like what is the difference in like left on base percentage compared to this year and last year oh this is good have you have you already seen it no i haven't just okay last year he was at a 75 percent left on base percentage this year he's at 86 yeah i mean that's like a lot of the difference in terms yeah. of his era just because he's spreading out his hits nicely and i yeah. don't think that's skill that's just luck yeah i mean so there's gonna be some old heads that disagree with you but dude just he just he dials when there's the guys on base he dials in and gets a big yeah. bit he gets a bit of extra grit he tries he tries <laughs> harder when there's guys on base yeah Whatever. Dude, that's like um, something that like people throw harder with guys on base, and that could be like an interesting strategy because to like have better stuff in high leverage situations. But I think now a lot of people are just saying, "I'm just going to throw my best stuff all the time and not really care about the situation." But it would be interesting uh, to see a guy try to like deep dive. to try to, to make speed. his stuff better in high leverage situations. Yeah, and like how, like, what does your mix look like? in high leverage situations versus like like or maybe leverage. if we like discover something we're like this type of pitch i like there's obviously no evidence behind this but if say really like oh this type of pitch causes tommy john or something like that yeah then you could be like okay i'm only gonna throw this pitch in high leverage situations and that's gonna preserve my arm more or something like that yeah i mean it's just always hard i guess to can like to dial dial it back because you don't want to be overthrowing, but you still want to be throwing your hardest you most of the time. Your highest. Like you want to throw 100%. Because it's like kind of no. weird to throw like not that hard. When you're, when you're trying to like locate rather than throw hard. Yeah, it's it's um, just a little weird. But it would be interesting to see if somebody could successfully do that and how much it would yeah. help them. And I think For it would sure. break certain metrics like FIP. So. Yeah, yeah. Um. Let's go through. There's a couple game and there's a couple series going on right now. Um, yeah. Tonight we have. We're gonna do like we're gonna do one home run pick. We're gonna pick a good series. Let's go with. Mm, let's go with Orioles and Astros. Eight ten tonight. We have. Who's bumping for each? Kyle other? Gibson versus Hunter Brown. Okay, Kyle Gibson versus Hunter so, Brown. Who is that- your? Who is your home run pick? And it can't be, it cannot be a, he cannot be named Jordan Alvarez or Kyle Tucker. I mean, I think they're both very prone to home runs. Both of these pitchers are. So, especially Kyle Gibson. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go, oh, okay, Houston's lineup's out. I'm going to go Jose Abreu, he went yard last night. I think he's going to go yard again. I was about to bring him up because he has, he's 11 for 40 with four career home runs versus Hunter Brown. That's too small of a sample size to be significant. I know it is. Whatever. Anyways, um, I can't see the lineup for the Orioles. It's yeah, I can't see it either. It's, but it's pro. I'm going to go. The, the other guy I was thinking about was Diaz, but I said I'd go with Abreu. I'm going to go with. Um, give me Gunner. All right, fair enough. Fair give enough. me a Gunner Henderson with an absolute nuke. 
You have to choose like a gonna, dude right. I mean, don't you want to choose a right-handed batter though, just because of the ballpark? Like I was thinking, thinking ahead. Mm, yeah, I mean, you get a nice idea. little Jose Abreu pop fly into the Crawford box. Righty on righty, then. That's fine. I don't know. All right, I'm going with Gunnar Henderson. He's going with. Would you say Jose Abreu? Jose Abreu, and just to be clear, it's the Orioles Astros game on September nineteenth. Yeah. All right. Next episode, we'll come back and we will make sure to get, if because Nolan's one and zero. I'm one and zero. Yeah, I'm clutching that one time, and I haven't done any. I haven't. I'm on. So, um. All right, that's all we got for you guys today. Uh, do you have anything else, Nolan? Uh, I don't think so. Thanks for listening. All right, thanks for listening. See you guys later.